Hey everybody, here's a message for all the saints and all those who are just hungry for the word and a little bit of word of encouragement from the uh, book of James, uh, chapter 1. Um, if, you, if you have your Bible with me, you want to read it. If not, you can hear along. Uh, James chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And uh, basically, this is just in response, um, uh, how do the Christian respond uh, in difficult times and um, especially in midst of what we're living right now. Um, it's just good to look to the word of God. And so James chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. Uh, he says, uh, James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, greetings. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So we see that um, uh, the church under persecution, we see how they were dispersed. You know, and this is not the first time. Uh, we see in the Gospel of uh, John, chapter 16, verse 30, 32 to 33, uh, when, um, when the Lord was preparing the disciples for his departure, for his death, and, um, and they, were, they were scattered. They were going to be scattered. There was going to be a time uh, that it was going to be very difficult for the church, uh, for the followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we see that trials, difficult times, difficult, uh, difficult moments, crisis are not new for the Christian. And we need to learn how to respond properly uh, to these things. That's why I want to look at this letter and uh, just to get some word of encouragement because we are not, uh, you know, we're not called simply to form a church, you know, but we're called to be the church. We're, we're not called simply just to attend a gathering, but we're actually called to be the church of the living God. That That's what, you know, that's, we are the church. And so in, in a confusing and difficult times, you know, we, we have to keep that in mind that, you know, and remember that the model does not change. And the model is be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. We must be imitators of God at all times. It's not just sometimes, not when things are going nice and dandy, not when, when everything is going good according to us, but at all times, and especially in difficult times. You know, the world has no real model to follow. We see this. We see society imitating different things, different trends, different uh, uh, people, whatever, whatever uh, appeals to them. And, and we, we have to set the example uh, of what it means to be imitators of God in word and in deed. And so, you know, the, the, the world is truly looking at the church. And I'm sure you've had the experience, you know, they're looking at us, you know, to see how we react, how we respond. What kind of attitude do we have, you know, in the middle of, of so much chaos? You know, and we don't just believe the gospel, but we must be showing the way of Jesus. We must actually embrace the gospel. The gospel must shape our lives. Uh, you know, we are not clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You know, we are no longer wearing the rags of the world, but now it's Christ who clothes us. And so we must demonstrate that we have a kingdom mindset. You know, we have a kingdom agenda, you know, not a political one, you know, uh, no, not, not one that favors me. No, we have a kingdom mindset, an agenda that favors God. And so as of now, you know, we see this in context. Um, when James was writing this, that the church was dispersed abroad. And so, as, you know, as of the time of James, uh, there was things going on just like right now. And, and it caused the church to disperse. They couldn't, they couldn't gather as it regularly, regularly would. And so we see the church disperse. And so they didn't stop being the church. They just had to do church in a different way. And so they, they scattered because of persecution, not because they wanted to, because they had to. And so there, there was, but they were always united in spirit. 
there was never disunity. There, there was unity in the church uh, as they were scattered abroad. They were united in spirit and in faith. Uh, you know, we see the 12 tribes, as James says, uh, who were dispersed abroad. It refers to the early church, the early Christians, who were under heavy persecution. You know, so the testing had begun early on. You know, the Christians have faced difficult times since day one. It has never been an easy path. Anybody who decides to follow God, you know, you're not promised a rosy road. It's not going to be free and clear of problems. We just learn how to live in the middle of problems. We learn how to take joy. We learn how to, how to live a life of goodness, of purity uh, um, in the midst of whatever chaos hits us. So difficult times had come into the church early on. And life will bring many storms, many winds, much rain. You know, trials will always work for good. You know, when we abide in Christ, we will see how God makes, you know, can make something beautiful out of nothing. And so little trials will always prep us for and condition us for bigger trials. And our Christianity, you know, is not about living in a bubble. You know, it rains over the righteous and over the wicked. You know, so we got to learn how to dance in the rain. You know, and so we can be joyful at all times in the trials, difficulties, because we know our God is always at work. And this is part of the, the, the school of suffering, the school of obedience, the school of prayer. You know, as, as Christians, we are disciples. We are called to be not only followers, but learners. And this is part of our learning. We, you know, we enter the school of, of suffering at times, uh, of difficulties. And we know that God is at work. Um, and, and we know that he is able and nothing is too hard for the Lord. Absolutely nothing. No matter what we face, we know that it's not too hard for God. You know, for God is faithful. And he knows how much we can bear. And he uses everything around us to teach us, to train us, and get us ready and make us think. You know, make us react, wake up at times. And all this will remind us that our hands and feet are made of clay. And we are fragile. You know, we see life so fragile, extremely fragile. And, and I think society as a whole is seeing how much, you know, how weak we are and um, how much we depend on certain things on each other and, and overall uh, on, on something greater than us. And, um, and as, a, you know, as a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, we know that God is in control and we, we can rest upon that. You know, when, when James is writing here in, in chapter one, verse one of four, uh, you know, there's two main themes that I want to extract for us just to meditate on. And there's two words. So it's trials and endurance, trials and endurance. So during our trials, we will need to be patient. You know, we're all gonna face difficult times. You know, this is not a matter of, uh, you know, uh, of, of if, it's a matter of when. And so trials are gonna come into the Christian's life. You know, uh, being a Christian is not exempt of problems. If you haven't figured that out, get ready. You know, cause you're gonna realize it sooner or later. You look at Jesus, the model, the perfect example, right? You look at him and, and, and he suffered uh, uh, he, he was crucified as a criminal. He was sinless and perfect. And yet uh, uh, he had the death of a criminal. Uh, and so how much you see the followers of the Lord, you see the prophets, uh, you can go throughout scripture. There's countless examples. Just look at Hebrew chapters 11. You know, the, 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 the followers of God were never promised an easy path, but he said, I will always be with you. You know, that's Emmanuel, God with us. And so we embrace that truth and, um, and we live in that truth. And so James is urging the church, uh, you know, that um, uh, we're, we're, he's urging the Christians to count it all joy. Because the truth is, we are going to go through moments of anxiety, of sorrow, of worry, of doubt, confusion. 
You know, we're, we're not going to know which way to turn at times. And James is urging us, you know, count it all joy when you face these things. You know, the children of God, the redeemed, you know, we must live in this joy. For Christ the Lord is our joy. You know, in the darkest hours, he is our joy. You know, in the most hellish situations, he is our joy. So when you encounter these trials, he's saying, remember, he's not saying if you encounter them or as you previously have. No, but when, you know, when you encounter these trials, when they come our way, you know, various trials, you know, all sorts of things can happen. There's all, uh, these trials are going to come in all different sizes, types, all flavors, all 31 flavors, you know, they're going to come our way. And we have to know how to respond to these things in a God-like way. And, you know, we will be tested. You know, the test, you know, doesn't come and ask permission, you know, it, to intervene in our lives. You know, it just shows up, you know, right? It, you know, it, it's like relatives from out of town. They just show up and you got to learn how to deal with it. You know, and so you, you, you see this um, and you have to learn how to react to this properly. You know, it's not like the, the test is going to come knock on the door and say, you know, hey, can I come in? Uh, for a season, for a month, for a day. You know, I just want to you want to come in and, and bring a little bit of affliction to your life. It does not work that way. It, it just shows up. And we need to learn uh, that God will show up. And God always does. And he's always orchestrating things, working things out uh, for the favor of the saints. And we need to trust it. And again, this is not a cliche. This is not a bumper sticker. This is much more than that. It is the very word of God. It's living. It is active. It, it is it, it, it is it is sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, you know, we, we have to believe this is not an archaic book. It is the word of God, you know, that has been inspired. Uh, and it comes with power. It's, it, it's the gospel of the Lord. And so we must be patient during these trials, you know, and trust that the Lord, you know, it, during every, every step of the trial, we must trust in him because the testing of our faith is producing endurance. The testing of our faith produces endurance. So every little test has a purpose. Everything that happens in our life has a purpose. Everything. As life shifts, there's purpose. As things happen, there's a purpose. There's always a divine purpose. And so everything, you know, has a, 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 a specific purpose. And only God knows. And, you know, you know, how else can we grow if, you know, if we're not being tested? You know, we all must press toward maturity. And that's, this is the thing. This is part of the school of Christianity, the Christian maturity. We must press forward and let endurance have its perfect results. You know, in the process, you know, we need to trust the Lord. You know, not just, like I told you, not just when everything is going nice and dandy, when there's food in the fridge, when there's money in the bank, when I got a good job, when education is well, when the kids are good, when marriage is good, when you, you name it, whatever you want to put. No, we need to trust him at all times. And specifically during our trials, during the testing of our faith. We need to trust him for that is when shine, when light shines most in darkness. And, and, and so we're called, you know, to, to, uh, to imitate him at all times. And so, you know, during trials, you know, we need to keep the focus on Jesus, keep the focus upon his word. Uh, you know, it, it's not enough just to quote scripture. We must, we, we, we must keep the focus upon the Lord Jesus Christ for he is the fountain. He is wisdom. He is our peace. He is our joy. He is our truth. And that's something the enemy wants to do. He wants to distract us. And you see this all the time throughout, throughout your life. You see distractions, 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 uh, you know, to get you away from prayer, get you away from fellowship, get you away from just your time with the Lord, uh, uh, from serving your neighbor, distractions. And so this is what the enemy does. He distracts us through 
uh, things that through the things that are in our life. And so we must understand that we must take joy and say, you know, I'm going to trust the Lord. I must stay focused upon him. And there's two things to consider here when we encounter these trials is number one is that God is sovereign. So remember the trial is not sovereign. God is sovereign. The dark, the dark moments are not sovereign. It's God who is sovereign and he is sitting at the throne and he is King Jesus and he alone has all power and all authority for he is the crown Christ. And so, and the other thing we see here is the providence of God, that he is exercising his power. He is orchestrating the, all the pieces together. And he uses the little things and the big things for his glory. And the hand of God is upon his church, as it has always been. For we are the bride of Christ. And thank the Lord that his ways are higher. His thoughts are greater. You know, we, we, we thank the Lord for that, that he does not think like us. You know, we don't serve a human being. We serve God. He is nothing like us. And so we understand that he is sovereign, that he's working out his providence. And we can rest upon that. You know, we count it all joy because we can rest upon Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. We can rest upon what he has accomplished and his promises in scripture. So brothers and sisters, you know, the church needs to grab hold of this truth, especially nowadays. Grab hold of the word of God. Abide in this. You know, treasure the word of God. Treasure your faith, your relationship with the Lord. You know, and we must be in the word more than we are in the newspaper, more than we are in social media, wherever other, uh, wherever the distractions you, you come across. We have to come to the source. What does God's word say about this? What, how does God teach us to respond? What did Jesus teach, right? We must, we must continuously go to the model and um, count it all joy in the process. And, you know, he's going to use every trial uh, to grow us in faith you know, to expand its kingdom. And the church cannot be distracted. We cannot be distracted. You know, now more than ever, we must learn uh, to depend upon the Holy Spirit, depend on the power of the Spirit in our lives. You know, and, you know, we see that how he is the good shepherd. And we see how he is shepherding us throughout every situation. He's there. He's looking after us. Uh, you know, and we see that this shepherd is divine. And um, so may we grow in faith. You know, and, you know, let us be encouraged by the word of God. You know, we must first be encouraged by his word before anybody else's word. We must learn to draw close to his word and not another, you know, hold to his promises. You know, in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, it says that, therefore, do not throw away your confidence, you know, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised when you have done the will of God you know, you may receive what was promised. You know, there's going to come a day when we're no longer going to be here. You know, one day, we'll, you know, one day we are all going to be uh, um, out of this world. Come, you know, it may be through sickness. It may just be our time to go, whatever it may be. And um, we must grab hold of the promises and the assurance that we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And know that every day that we live right now is a historical day. And may this test only make the church stronger, make you as a person stronger to trust him more. May your prayer life increase. May, may your devotion to him increase. May you have an undistracted devotion to the Lord, as Paul would say in Corinthians, you know, may nothing distract us. May we pray for our brothers. May we reach out to the neighbor that needs help. May we be the church. And, and this is what Jesus wants. And at times he's going to allow things to come into our lives to shake us up, to wake us up, to make us react because he doesn't want an idle church. Uh, you know, we must be active, sober-minded, vigilant, awake, um, 
And so as we are dispersed, um, you know, week after week, we're gathering different ways. I pray that you're being fed. I pray that you're seeking God, not only individually, but even corporately. You know, it's individual worship is good, necessary, but also corporate worship. And right now, our corporate worship is going to be via Facebook, Zoom, whatever other measures you, you can connect with, uh, Google Meets, anything you can do. We need it. We, we, we need this corporate worship. Uh, so I encourage you um, to, when you face trials, count it all joy. And um, may the gospel advance, right? And this is my prayer, that the gospel will advance and the church thrive. And I, I, as Paul, when he was in, when he was in chains in, in the Philippians, you know, his goal, his, his ambition, his passion, what he wanted, you know, he wanted the gospel to advance. He wanted people to know the Lord and Savior. That's what he wanted because that's what matters. You know, what we do, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's really a small part. What matters is that Jesus Christ is known. It's not about us. Uh, you know, it's not about, it's not about my problems. It's not about my situation. It's about God. And we must learn how to rejoice in everything that may come our way. Not because we have problems, but because we have a God who can resolve them, a God who is with us, a God who is able. And may the church advance and the church, may the gospel advance and the church thrive. And I pray that you be nourished. I pray that you, like I said, you continuously seek fellowship, um, whether, whether, whichever way you can do it with other believers, because you need it. We need it. We need the connection. We're a body. Um, you know, um, we're not an organization. We're an organism. So we're a living body. So I pray that uh, your, your faith will increase and that you be blessed. And uh, I pray that the Lord will teach you something through these uh, difficult circumstances and specifically that you draw close to him, uh, specifically that you get in the word. And I'm serious when I say that, that you get in the word. It, it, you can't live off your pastor's faith. You can't live off your parents' faith. You can't live off your, your YouTube pastor's faith. You need your own faith, individual, personal. You need to trust the Lord. One day you're going to stand before the mighty throne of God and how you live, how you respond, uh, what, what, what you did for the Lord, it truly does matter. Uh, so I pray that you get in the word and uh, you get the word in you and you trust the Lord and you be blessed. Blessings.